Welcome back so, to Loudmouth CFB, and welcome back, Mr. Tyler. You were uh, at a football game yesterday, not the one that we thought you were going to be at, though. wasn't the one I thought I was going to be at either, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, no, I went to the App State homecoming game. I went to, like, a quarter of it, if that. Mm-hmm. We didn't even make it through the first quarter um, because it was it's Robert Morris, and it was a pretty, pretty bad game. Um, yeah. But I just got one thing to ask. Okay. Is, uh, is Tuck still coming? I don't think so. I don't think so. He you just know, started that... fights in locker rooms, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, my, bro- my brother asked me yesterday if uh, if if I thought that Michigan State was starting to regret fully like that contract extension and like fully guaranteeing all that money. I'm like, oh yeah, they they started regretting that back in the Washington game. That yeah, this they, just uh... been. It's been bad. I don't know what what the, the common denominator is other than coaching, honestly. Well, I, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, there, there's – the locker room has been the same for how many years? As mm-hmm. long as that stadium has been around. Let's just be completely honest. It's been that way since – I actually – I'm blanking. I think it was 1929, but I could be mistaken on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, the tunnel has been the same. The tunnel's been the same. Yeah. It's it's the only problem, the only difference now is a handful of overrated coaches trying to get their team riled up and it ends up actually backfiring and they get their ass whooped. So, um, you know, it's the third time we've seen it. And uh, they enter the locker room first, by the way. They have all the opportunity to get into their locker room before we even come in. Yeah. And and they didn't. They waited. And that's the third time it's happened. It's not on. It's not on us. We need to teach you this lesson, people. Well, and I mean, yeah, it's, like it's, it's just we, it can't be our fault because, like I said, they go in first. They and you saw it yesterday on TV. You could see the security like holding the Michigan players from going into the tunnel before they were all cleared or supposed mm-hmm. to be cleared. Yeah, and they and they just waited. So I mean, it's it's not on. It's not a Michigan problem, whether yeah. people want to believe it or not. It, it's teams trying to trying to get in our heads and truthfully I think they're getting in their own heads and again they come out in the second half and, and get flat out beat every single time yeah and uh, I mean you think about it because it's like you you look at you know other stadiums that have been around for like that long like you look at the the Cotton Bowl Stadium in Dallas like Texas OU they have to share the same tunnel but for the most part you do not see you know, a lot of scuffling. You might see some trash talking and, you know, getting loud in the tunnel, but you don't see like full on melees like that. Yeah. There's only, there's only one team in that locker room who has any reason to try or that goes in that tunnel has any reason to try anything. That's Ohio state. And that's because they've owned us for 20 years. Yeah. But Michigan state and Penn state have no reason to Penn state hasn't won there since 2010 outside of COVID year. No fans. Mm-hmm. Michigan State had had two straight victories, and and one of which was extremely lucky. The other one was just a, a very bad year. And you know, then 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 we see what happens here. I, I just I don't get it. I, I mean, I think the the rivalry in state is evening out. We're four and three um, against them in the last seven years. Um, I know there was a long stretch where we didn't play very well. Obviously, after the little brother comments, but. Still, our state seventy two, thirty eight, and five. That that record doesn't lie. So, 
and we'll talk more Let's about the we'll talk more about the game here in a moment. But first, this. Harris has time down the middle. Happy Halloween, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Halloween. We are one day away, and we got Monday Night Football on the professional side. But when uh, we started up on Thursday with some college football action, we entered the best time of year where there's a professional or a college game on every single day for the next four weeks. We are right in the beginning few days of it, and it's been there's been some pretty good games so far, but uh you know we're we're what the title of this episode is top teams avoid scares on halloween weekend that's not going to be the case next week because there are some huge matchups and and honestly wednesday is going to be one for the record books to to talk about but before we get to looking too far ahead to week 10 let's talk about how we got there and and go with our week 9 recap I'm BJ. That's Cam. Tyler's back with us as well. And uh, guys, I mean, I know that we, we've we got a lot to talk about. Is there anything before we get started that you want to mention a, a different game result that you know we're not going to talk about, basically? This is a setup? No. You're trying to get on my nerves? No. I know where you're going with this. No. Why would I do that? Just remember what I told you, Cam. I'm pleased to sure here. Sure what I told you. <laughs> you, you I wasn't I even meaning. You I wasn't. I, that. I thought that's where you were going. No, I wasn't even meaning that because we don't have we don't have a, a graphic or anything like that. But we we'll talk about it. Cam has gone incognitus. Um, now I, I meant like legit, like you know, if there was a a game like in in the group of five rankings. So stupid. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where you're going with this one, to be honest. I just wanted to, you know, open the floor. No, because I don't, I don't want to talk about rice. I'm sorry. No, I, I didn't want you to talk about rice. I wanted anybody that let's just like, say that rice didn't cover. Like so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the easy way of saying it. Move on. Um, move on. No, like like last <laughs> in the intro, for instance, the one of the best games last week that I know we didn't talk about that was the ending to UTSA in North Texas, and so oh, that's why. yeah, Fresno State, yeah. There you go. Yeah, late night. Was, uh, the Mountain yeah, West. I actually wild. just watched that. Yeah, I just watched the uh, ending highlights of that game because obviously mm-hmm. I went to bed. Um, yeah, because I didn't have time for that. Yeah, <laughs> and I, uh, I was I was up. I was like, holy gosh! And then yeah, it was twenty-eight to seventeen with like a minute fifteen what? to go. No, it was about two and a half minutes to go, and um, Jake Hayner's led the comeback two touchdowns lead 32 to 28 and then what a the comeback. late interception at the end it's a uh great comeback well welcome back to jake hayner by the yeah, way yeah jake hayner that was shows his, i think his first game back was their third straight win by the way i think they're they're yeah. starting to get something figured out and now that he's back i think they'll look even better well, as they that go. was that was only game one that he was back the last two they won with five 
Yeah. Also, we're right. seeing life out of Reno as well. If we're on the yeah. topic of Mountain West, they've mm-hmm. they've definitely improved as the year went on. I mean, they gave San Jose State all they can handle, and San Jose State's not looked bad this year. So, and Boise, Boise after mm-hmm. the loss to UTEP, they've been on a roll as well. So we kind of wrote off the Mountain West as being down when Jake Hayner went down. They're proving that to be otherwise not the case. And so if Boise Fresno is probably going to decide the Mountain West title in all honesty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And boy and Boise really ever since um Bachmeyer announced, mm-hmm. hey, I'm gonna leave at the end of this year. They're like, Good, we don't they, need you. We don't miss they, you. Yeah, they've <laughs> honestly looked night and day better. Like yeah. it is insane how much better Boise has looked without him and proves why he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in this country. Anyways, that's just, that's just Cam's opinion, but he's probably not too far off. Anyway, let's go ahead and talk about the matchups that you're here to talk about that we're here to talk about. That's the top 25 teams in the land. And that starts with some Thursday night action, NC state 13 and a half point favorites on a night that, you know, obviously we've talked about no Devin Leary, but Virginia Tech found a little bit of an offense. Grant Wells, you see it right there, 11 of 22 for 243 yards, including a big, like, 80-plus yard touchdown pass that put Virginia Tech up, I think, 14 to 3 at one point. They were up 21 to 3 in, in this game. And NC State, they brought in the, the backup, the third string, actually. Uh, they benched Jack Chambers and brought in Morris, and Morris threw three touchdowns all in the second half. Actually looked pretty good. NC State, they they survive a, a scare, but I, I think their luck's about to run out. Yeah, I I think they're they're falling. They I mean they fell out of my top twenty five. They're just not they're just not as good. It's very clear that Devin Leary is the guy for this team and a true leader on this team, and he's not not worried not on the field. Therefore, they're not playing at their full potential. Um, they got fortunate to get out of here with a win. Fortunately for them, Virginia Tech is is a dumpster fire in itself right now. And, you know, it's, it's cool. They're bowl eligible, um, but this is, this is clearly not the same team. Yeah, this um, – you're 100% right. This team was led by Leary, and it shows. Um, it's unfortunate to see in such a promising – what looked like such a promising year for the Wolfpack, that offense not be able to really get going – much at all yeah 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 wake's coming to town next week and we'll talk about wake here in a little bit but that that it in theory that should be a a big time loss for nc state unfortunately if they can't get something figured out offensively i just don't see how they're going to be able to compete all right moving on to this one also on thursday night Pac-12 After Dark Showdown in Pullman. And it nearly was a pull, man. Uh, Utah. 21-17 surviving a a tough road environment without Cam Rising. You see it on your screen. Mm -hmm. He did not start due to injury. Buddy Barnes, or or, uh, Brandon Barnes, I should say, uh, came in and, and actually looked pretty good for the most part in this game. Did what he needed to do and did what Utah wanted him to do there were a couple fourth down calls that you're like I, I don't understand that just take the points but Utah does what they need to do just enough 
and survives, you know, Cam Ward's precision passing. You look at that, only four incompletions. He was on target all night long, it felt like. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't get to watch any of this game. Didn't even catch highlights. I'm just kind of going off of, off of what we're seeing here. I mean, obviously, Cam Ward had a really good game, but it's just it's cool to see Washington State hang around in this one. And obviously, we didn't see the upset. That kind of really hurts the Pac-12. Um, should should Utah have, have fallen in this game? But it, it was just kind of what you expect in Pullman on a Thursday night. Yeah, and I I watched highlights for this game. I was in bed by the time it kicked off. Um, But I um, watched highlights, and Utah – and Utah definitely did look different without rising. And like Tyler was saying, credit to Washington State. Pullman's never an easy place to go, especially on a Thursday or Friday night. Um, we've seen them be able to pull off upsets before there mm-hmm. and credit to them. They were hundred percent ready for the game and focused. Whereas Utah came out kind of slow and did not look up to the standard that Whittingham has set for this Utah team. Yeah. And, and remember Utah still alive in the PAC 12 championship race because they only have one conference loss to UCLA You've got Oregon with none, USC, Utah, and UCLA all with one. It's going to be very interesting. Utah has already played USC and UCLA. They still have to play Oregon, and USC and, and UCLA still have to play as well. So Pac-12, you know, two, four of the top 15 teams in the country with good reason because they're all insanely good. Mm-hmm. Here is where we get to Saturday's action. Big noon, big environment, stripe out, should have been the whiteout. Number two, Ohio State was in a bit of a dogfight for a long time in this game. Penn State, you know, give credit where credit's due. They they overcame some some initial adversity. They were down 10-0. As as Cam said on the preview on Wednesday, Clifford the big blue bitch came out to play for a while there. Um and unfortunately, you know, it, it, that was the case. He threw three picks, but this was a, a lead for Penn State in the fourth quarter before Ohio State really, really started to take off. And, and they made a comeback. Their defense was really what allowed them to pull away and, and end up winning this game. 44-31, Ohio State survives a, a tough road environment to move to 8-0. Mm-hmm. But they look yeah. beatable. They look beatable. Yeah, they were they were very beatable in this game, and, they, and they've continued to look that way all season. They just have not played anybody who's capable of doing it yet. Um, I know this Penn State team was close, but Sean Clifford, three interceptions on the day, that uh, actually doubles his total on the season mm-hmm. uh, now to six. But, I mean, it's really hard to stop these Ohio State receivers, and Marvin Harrison had a great game, but it's really hard when you have when you, when you have four receivers that can, that can do that to you any given week. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of pick who you want to let – let Terry apart. Yeah. Ohio State's rushing offense is still leaving a lot to be desired. My big takeaway was a defense. Um, they, they've got a guy every single week that steps up and makes big plays. Last mm-hmm. week it was Zach Harrison. This week it was JT Tui Malau. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a really good team, and um, it's 
it's clear why they're number two. They will likely be number two or three um, at the playoff rankings, depending on how how much they want to prop up this Tennessee Georgia matchup. And um, you know they're they're eight and zero, likely to be eleven and zero going into that final game in Columbus. This was their really their last test before that. Yeah, and Mayan Mayan Williams uh, did leave this game with injury, so that's why Travion Henderson ended up, uh, you know, ended up being the leading rusher. One of his touchdown runs in the fourth quarter, they were, they had like 37 rushing yards in the game before that touchdown run, and then one run it was doubled instantly. Um, so that that was a good effort by Penn State's rushing defense to kind of keep them in check, but unfortunately they just could not get enough stops of, of the Ohio state receivers. You see, you know, Stroud, not nearly as many passing touchdowns as he's had, but 350 yards is, is tough to overcome. Yeah. Still impressive. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what this Heisman race turns into. Obviously you got CJ Stroud, you got Hannah Tucker, Blake Corum amongst others. I mean, unfortunately my guy, Sam Hartman has dropped out of that race with the performance yesterday and we're going to, you're gonna get we'll dogged. Get to Wait for we'll us. Don't worry. You're gonna we'll get. You're gonna get ripped. We'll talk. Um, about it. But there's still guys up there. I mean, Drake May played really well yesterday. This mm-hmm. is still a uh, still a fun Heisman race. Anyways, even with the one touchdown, I don't think that takes them out. No, it's really. Oh yeah, good. no, absolutely not. Especially against what's been talked about as one of the best secondaries in the in country. The country. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, this game. Penn State looked ready to go. Um, I was able to listen to a lot of this at work and then got home and caught the end of it. But overall, this was a this was a very impressive showing by both teams, honestly, realistically speaking. Um, score is much closer. The game was much closer than the score indicates. Like yeah, I, it was I, it was even tw- it was twenty one sixteen Penn State in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Ohio State went on a twenty eight to three run in like less than five minutes of game time, I think, or something. And then Penn State gets a late garbage time TD that ends up ultimately helping those that had the cover. But at the same time, you know they were leading for the the good majority of that yeah. game, or not the good majority, but they were leading for proportions of that game and they were keeping it close. So you feel like that was the, you know, the ultimate result as opposed to a late cover that, you know, a bad beat for instance or whatever. Yeah. Fuck you though, Clifford, without those two bad interceptions right there at the beginning of the game, this would have been a completely different game. Honestly. And, and camp feel doesn't feel bad for pulling. He just feels bad because Clifford let him down. So when we were talking about the Heisman race just a moment ago, and what about Max Duggan? Is he still in there? Heisman Duggan, TCU oh, yeah. coming he's back, getting closer and closer to the short list. Honestly, yeah, with, with yeah, he's yet, on the short list. Another great performance. They were, you know, they withstood and, and handled some adversity. Um, you know, three touchdowns in the first half for West Virginia, which is the third game in a row for uh, the Frogs defense to give up 21 plus in the first half. And then they do a great job in the second half. They gave up, I think, um, let's see if I remember right, they gave up 14 to Oklahoma state in, in the, uh, the second half, but only like seven in the second half. Uh, no, and then they there gave was up, another touchdown. They in gave overtime. up 17, but 10 in overtime. Yeah. 
and then, then nothing um, to Kansas State last week, and then no. just ten this week uh, to West Virginia. No. So whatever whatever defensive adjustments they're making seem to be paying off, but you know you can't keep getting into these kind of games. It's going to bite you in the butt at what at some point, and I'm I'm very I'm very worried. And we'll talk more about the Big Twelve race later on, but I'm worried about you know going to Austin in a couple of weeks. There's a, a trip to Waco after that. There's a team that we'll talk about that if we play them again, I, I I know if we were in the Big 12 championship, we'll have to play somebody again. But right now, I don't want to rematch with, with a certain team, and we'll talk about it because I know we're going to lose. I don't think we should have won the first time, honestly. Well, I got to close games out. Uh, this TCU team continues to be resilient. Um mm-hmm. I know they give up a lot of points in the first half, but they come out and they they adjust and play really well. But Max Max Duggan's definitely still in the Heisman race, 100%. He's on – should be in everybody's list right now to, to be in New York come December. And um, this West Virginia team played hard. They fought all throughout this game, as you would expect they would. I believe this game got moved from Friday to a Saturday game. I didn't um, – I never heard that it was on Friday. Like, I, I – I, saw Friday on a, I thought it was on a Friday. I thought well, it was supposed to be Friday night at 8 o'clock. No, I don't think so. Because okay. because uh, every time I look, because I looked a couple weeks ago and I could have swore it was on, it was supposed to be a Friday game. Well, there was, there was somebody in our in our CFB Pick'em chat that had it showing up as a Friday game. I but had it show I, up as a Friday game too. But I don't, I don't think it was because it was always, it was just, even when it said TBA in terms of you know, announcing time, it always showed up as a Saturday game for me. Mm-hmm. So they, at any, at any rate, what, regardless, you know, um, you, we made the point and I made the point, I brought it up, but you go back before this last three game stretch. And that wasn't the case about TCU's defense, giving up 21 plus in the first half, they gave up three at Kansas, even with Jalen Daniels, you know, healthy and playing in that, that first half. And I think Oklahoma had 17 at halftime in that first first uh, first Big 12 game two weeks before yeah. or, uh, two weeks before Oklahoma State, so over a month ago now, almost two months now, um, or no, almost a month now, losing track of how many weeks that's been. Anyway, um, so I don't know what what has changed, kind of from like you know first halves. We're, we're dominant shutdown to second halves being dominant shutdown, but giving up some first half points. You know, I don't know if we're going to see a total, you know, team defense kind of shut down an opponent. And I don't expect it at this point. However, I will say this as more of a defensive guy, you'd rather shut them down in the second half and have oh, your offense absolutely. step up the way that it has. Absolutely. Um, then, then um, the alternative, let them back into the game. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. Um, can I, can I get your opinions real quick? I, I know we, we've kind of, you know, I, I don't think he was being serious, but the late touchdown on the offsides, Duggan throws it up to Quentin Johnston. Do either one of you think that was running up the score? No. If you're that mad about it, stop it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't think – I have not – I didn't I didn't hear anything from a West Virginia fan about it. 
that's that's what is just you know to me like if i was if i, I thought if i was going to hear about that it'd be from a west virginia fan it wasn't but yeah yeah i was uh yeah i, I said this a lot if you you know, a lot of people said we ran the score up against Rutgers when we won 78 nothing. We ran for 400 yards. They didn't stop the run. What are we supposed to do? Kneel it down and punt three times? No. no. The only stop time the you play. don't change the offense. It was already a free play to begin with. Mm-hmm. Take the shot. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Whose yeah. job is it to stop you? Got... The defense, not yours. Yeah. It's not your you... job to say, you know what? No, we're you're you're we're only up three but you know what we're just going to give you the ball back and uh let you have your shot yeah and like like i said like i said you know if we kick there it's still one position game they've still got a slim slim but still a chance that you know you get criticized if you you know if you uh kick the points and then they win the game anyway if you go for it and don't get it you know at least they're backed up a little bit i don't think you can kick that to begin with Mm mm-hmm because it was it was it was only like it was around the thirty yard line, so it would have been a you know about a 45, 40 something yard field goal. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what the the wind conditions were, but it wasn't like a you know from midfield. It was inside the thirty yard line was where that uh, that play was. I think it was a twenty nine yard touchdown pass. Yeah, I guess it was. Never mind. I didn't. I thought it was further than that myself. I thought it was from. I think it's midfield. just because the way that that camera angle looked. And he was in shape. Yeah, I don't know. And, and, but know, again, like you funny. said, it says, it, you know, you talked about being Quentin Johnson. It says Savion Williams caught that touchdown pass. I, I thought I could have sworn it. The last one I thought was Quentin Johnston. Um, I, it says I'll, Savion Williams here. So it, maybe I'm wrong. Either, wrong. either way, Very TCU likely. just did what you're supposed to do. It's a free yeah, play, yeah. regardless of the score. You, you're, supposed to take the shot but yeah and i'm sorry and it wasn't like it was you know a different game that we'll talk about in terms of you know running up the score but having a good reason to do so uh that's coming up here in just a few moments but before we get to that uh want to make sure i hide this real quick so that you can see the uh notre dame syracuse we'll, we'll put that back up in a moment but you see garrett schrader left in the Second quarter or second half, I'm, I'm not sure exactly uh, when that injury took place. But first play of the game, Schrader throws a pick six. Notre Dame steals some momentum, and they just pulled away. And, and give credit where credit's due. Del Rio Wilson came in and, and had some good throws. But Syracuse kind of looked shell-shocked. Uh, okay, that's I not tell right. you right now that Sean Tucker did not have 129 no, carries that, in this game. That, that should not be right. Or that that should have been fixed. I don't know if, if that didn't save for whatever reason or what. Um, Five hundred ninety three yards too. That's an impressive game. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I, I last I checked, Sean Duggar did not talk about the career game he had last night. So yeah, it's because Twitter, so. it's because he only had sixteen carries for sixty yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, Gadsden the second had four catches for seventy eight yards and a touchdown. Yeah, uh, at was, any rate. This is just a game where Syracuse lost momentum and got mm-hmm. out of it and, and really let themselves get out of it. Um, it stinks. I mean, they were uh, – this is a team that was 6-0. They're now 6-2. and They've lost two straight. I think they're going to get back on track. I mean, I don't think they have a really overly difficult schedule left left to go on the, on the year, if I'm not mistaken. They have – they go on the road next week to face Pitt. I think they'll, they'll be able to close that one out. 
Mm-hmm. Florida State but, might be tough. Wake might be tough. But then they get Boston College. Like, they could easily be 8-4. and 8-4 four, four at worst. Three. Yeah, 8-4 um, at worst. Because we saw late Wake look really bad yesterday. So, this is not a uh, – it's not the end of the road for them. They just got to get the momentum back, mm-hmm. and I think next week's a good week to do it. Pitt is uh, – they're good, but they're not they're not great. I think the Syracuse team has a shot. And also, credit to Notre Dame. They did a good job of, especially defensively, slowing down the Syracuse rushing attack, which is how Syracuse has been able to build that momentum nobody's been able to stop them so far this year on the ground besides Clemson. And we saw how that turned out. Um, so Notre Dame took a page out of Clemson's book, did a good job of shutting down that rushing attack, make them beat you through the air. And for once on this show, credit to Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, well, I would Notre- say this isn't the first time they've been stopped or the second really Clemson stopped them, but let's not forget Purdue also shut them down, but they had Garrett mm-hmm. Trader the full game and they were able to, they were able to pull away. Yeah. And even, even in the Clemson even game, that, they got they were- up and they just couldn't close it out yeah. on the road. I mean, this yeah. was a totally different situation um, as a whole. And it's, yeah. it just kind of, just kind of got them at the wrong time, unfortunately. Yeah. Give credit Notre Dame after the, you know, the Ohio State beating them twice with the, the Marshall game where they start 0-2. Now 5-1 and since then, you know, with wins over North Carolina and Syracuse, two of the, the best in the ACC to this point, and they've got the best in the ACC at home next week, and that's going to be a very interesting matchup that we will talk about as well come Wednesday's preview. But for now, we're going to move on to talk about the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And I don't care that I said that because that's what it is. That's what the name of the Georgia-Florida game has always been, will always be. But Georgia has now won five of the last six in the matchup as they get a 42-20 to victory. Brock Bowers had one of the most insane touchdown catches you'll ever see where you know Florida defender tipped it up, it tips off his helmet, it tips back around a couple times. Bowers ultimately is able to catch it and goes the rest of the way to the end zone. Just an insane concentration to, to make that play. But, you know, you've got to knock that down if you're a defender. Um, this game, 42-20, and it didn't even really feel that close because Florida scored 17 in the third and really, you know, kind of they got back within eight. But Georgia put it put it away, and you give credit where credit's due for Florida hanging around for a little bit. But you take away that third quarter, and it's a, a total bloodbath for the number one team in the land yet again. They've been on a completely different gear since that almost shocking uh, loss at, at Missouri. I mean, they yeah. didn't lose, but they nearly did, and that kind of seemed to wake them up out of the funk that they've been in. Yeah, the uh, the twenty two and a half giveth and taketh all at once because like I won point on the twenty two and a half point spread here and I lost with the Michigan game all by half a point. Um, yeah, I got I got a push that ended up being a parlay win because it was twenty two. Yeah, uh, we'll five t- makes but all it, the difference sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to agree with Kirby Smart. Get this game back on the campuses. Or, well, actually, just put it on the campuses. You know, I, I said a few weeks ago, 
that I don't mind the neutral site games, but this I just I just don't know that I like this one being a neutral site. Honestly, I don't really like many of them being neutral site. It um, doesn't have the same feel it used to. Is yeah, this... I guess it's not as it's just this isn't a rivalry anymore. This is this is Georgia beating Florida's ass every year except for Kyle Trask at quarterback in twenty nineteen. That's twenty twenty, but uh, either way. Or sorry, twenty twenty. Yeah. Um this is not my uh not not the game for me. I think I think Kirby Smart's right on the money. Like just get this game back on the campuses, let, let these games be decided the, and, and let these let these fans show up to their home stadium for one. Because I think the, just isn't, isn't the only it. reason they've they've played they continue to play in Jacksonville is just because they've done it for almost eighty plus years now in a row. Um, you know, that they've been playing in Jacksonville. It's 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 much All much good the things reason. come to an end, man. Just well, I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I just, you know, I, I can't imagine Texas, Oklahoma being played on campus. Well, that's know. different. I, mean, I know that's very different, but that's about that the only other notable neutral site rivalry game that we have. I think there's only Arkansas really two. A&M. Well, that one I can see getting rid of. That should be a home and home. I don't yeah, know if I, I necessarily just... agree, Georgia, Florida. I think they should mix it up. You know, for a long time, Auburn, Alabama used to be at a neutral well, site. Legion, Legion Field. Field. Yeah, in Birmingham. Yeah. And, but it's uh, not. I know it's anymore. not now. So I'm just saying, I don't. I, I I would like to see what it looks like. Give it two years. Um, at a um, a home and home. Give it two years as a home and home. See what it looks like, and and then reevaluate. Take, take yeah. I, this I, is the contract I, year. Take a couple yeah. of years. And see what it looks like as a home and home because I think it would be much better that way. Um, in my own personal opinion, I, I think it would be better. I just like to. Like to see it happen that way. But I, I think you're right. I, I think they should mix they in. It. I think they should mix in a home and home every now and again, just because you know to see like different environment. But I don't think they should completely get rid of you know playing in Jacksonville. You know they they should do like a, well, what a do home they do, and a home three year rotation. <laughs> like, well, no, no, I'm saying like I'm, you know let, let's say you do ten years, you play, you know you do four games uh, in. Samford slash the swamp and six games in Jacksonville in a 10 year cycle mm-hmm. where you okay. do like a home, okay. a home and home. Okay. Yeah. Home and home. Yeah. Six, six in a row and then a home and home. And then you, you reevaluate from there or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I it doesn't hurt me one way or the other. I don't care, no. but I, I would yeah. make it a, make it a home and home just once. Let's see what it looks like. Um, Overall, though, Georgia, Georgia's up there. They're still the number one team in the country in my book. We're going to yeah, find I, out they I really think, are next week. I, I think we, we are all kind of in agreement, but programming note, not going to give you our Loudmouth Top 25 today. We will be live on Twitch Tuesday night for the playoff rankings reveal, and we'll have our, our Top 25 before those get announced uh, that we'll be talking about and breaking down and everything like that. So that should be a bonus episode, some bonus content coming up on Tuesday night. Look for that at uh, 7 Eastern, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere in that time frame, yeah. Oops. I've been doing it. Just let me. Okay, there we go. Okay, anyways. Um... Oregon and Cal, the uh, Pac-12 Oregon has won seven in a row, and they've scored forty plus in every straight, every single one of those games that they've won in a row. Uh, Bo Nix continues to uh, 
be just super impressive with both his feet and with his arm. Six total touchdowns. Six total touchdowns. Uh, ever yeah. one of the points, actually, in this game were off out of Bo Nix's hands, either his arm or his mm-hmm. legs. Um, just this overall, was... this guy this guy's still on the Heisman list and still on, on, on a – uh, in in the running, I mean, we talk about so many guys. He's he's still there. I mean, he's been yeah. phenomenal since week one. I know the two interceptions in this game aren't great, but everybody has a couple games like that every once it's, in a while, and and, and it, it should not knock you out of a Heisman race. Um, no. in this scenario, um, he's still the best player on the field, even with the interceptions, even with the turnovers, the, the yeah. best guy. So, um, this was a this was a good win, a, a solid win on the road against Cal. Cal's kind of kind of giving them some trouble a couple different times in the, in the last decade. No upsets, just kept it really close. And um, I, I think that this was one of those games where they just needed to pull away and, and get it get it over with early. And that's kind of what they did. And, and ultimately, again, they're 7-1 and one and still rolling. And still, mm-hmm. I get, in my mind, I guess they're the front runner for, for this conference right now. Yeah, they're the only undefeated team in conference play right now, but they still do have to go through Utah. They should be at this point, the way they're playing, they should be one of the two in the uh, Pac-12 title game in Las Vegas. Cam, there's a little bit of a log jam and we'll talk about, uh, I think we still got USC and and UCLA to uh, discuss here in a moment, but Oregon Ducks, you know, do they have a chance to represent the Pac-12 in the playoff in your opinion? Absolutely, they have a chance as long as they keep on playing this way. If we see them fall off the way that they have, that'd be one thing. But, I mean, they've been on a tear ever since the, um, ever since they had the drubbing by Georgia. Like, they looked like a completely different team and credit to Bo Nix as well. Um, this was the closest game we've had to a Bo Nix of old. And even then very impressive job by him. So yeah, if, if, to George, to yeah, if, if this is the boat, if this is the closest we'll get to bad Bo and they still win by 18, I think Oregon fans will be happy with that for sure. Okay. Here we are. Last time that uh, an Oklahoma team uh, was in this, uh, this this slides presentation, uh, and they didn't score a point, they got the treatment of uh, their O's become zeros. And you'll notice that it has happened again for the Pokes, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. First time they've been shut out in 13 years. And the largest shutout victory over a top 10 team by a team who was ranked lower than the team that was shut out. Kansas State lays a thumping on Oklahoma State. 48 nothing. I think uh, you're, you're muted, Tyler, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I am. Did every O on the screen become a zero? <laughs> Not every one of them, but... I, they're, all, they're all zeros, if I'm looking at this correctly. Even on the K-State side. I don't think so. Those are O's over there. I was going to say, those are O's. They're they're about two to three pixels wider. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm glad you can see that. 
something so minuscule. Well, it's because you're on a tablet and we're on a, a Get computer. Get off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Point being, all right. man. All right. Just... Anyway, yeah. So it's it's what? uh Will what Howard. It, you know, Cam Cam and I were talking about this on Wednesday, and I thought that Oklahoma State was going to be, you know, was going to show up for this game. And I did too. Apparently, I they it didn't. It's going to be a close game. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nope. I, I mean, I I'll I pulled it. the upset. I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be forty-eight zero, but I, yeah. I was expecting a. a truth, truth be told, I was expecting twenty-one. 21-14, 24-14, something like that. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Will Howard came out and absolutely lit them up. Yeah. Uh, Deuce Vaughn was phenomenal. This is just – this K-State team is legit. I know this is a team you were talking about being scared of playing again, and I would be mm-hmm. too. This K-State team is is dangerous. And um, yeah. I would not expect a 28-10 deficit to be lost again uh, should you play a second no. time. No. It was, they it are, was really you – know, They Will, came out ready to roll. Yeah, Will Howard is was phenomenal in that first half. He he led them to three of their four touchdowns in that first half against us. And I could have told you know Oklahoma State like, hey, you don't necessarily want to play this guy more so than Martinez. Martinez is better for the the scheme that Colin Klein wants to run, but they're okay if they have to throw the ball around with Will Howard at quarterback. And you show they showed why with you know even Knowles yeah. having over a hundred yards and he, he didn't have a touchdown. They spread the, the wealth around. It's and, not the first time either. I mean, he's been over a hundred yards for the last three or four weeks now. Um, yeah, I think he had over receiving. He, us he, too. he is their leading receiver as a whole. Yeah, at K State and and it's obvious as to why. I mean, these guys. This is a dangerous team. They're just as good as we expected them to be. We told you preseason. Yeah. I mean, before everybody else was saying Dark Horse and then everybody else kind of was, like I said, they jumped on what we were saying. They were probably thinking it before we were or, or thinking it before we started saying it. This Kansas yeah, State team is, is good, and they're yeah. they're definitely in contention. They're not nowhere near out of it. The biggest is thing it? is, will K-State ruin the playoff chances of the Big 12 by beating TCU in the Big 12 Championship? It's, it's, it's tough Come to, to be- find that out later. Yeah. It's tough to beat a, a good team twice in the same season. You can ask Alabama about that when they had to do it against Georgia and they weren't unable to. Or go back to 2017 Auburn. They got Georgia the first time. Georgia got the revenge in the SEC title game. That's why I'm very concerned. Um, Big 12 title race is still wide open because you've got Oklahoma State, you've got Texas, and you've got Baylor, all three with two conference losses. But um, – Texas still has to play Kansas State. That's coming up this week. Another game we'll talk about. Texas still has to play TCU. That's the following week. Baylor still has Kansas State and TCU on the schedule. Oklahoma State can still, you know, if, if Kansas State loses either one of those two games, could still be in the the pick the thick of it with a, a tiebreak over both Baylor and Texas. And then, I mean, you've still got TCU that, you know, as long as they don't lose – four out of their last four or three of their last four, they should be in good position to make it. But it's going to be very interesting to watch that uh, Big 12 championship race and, and who's going to end I still it. Don't, I still don't think it beats the Big 10 West chaos that could happen where Northwestern <laughs> wins and goes to the – didn't, didn't they need to beat I, Iowa in order to – No, they did not. They did not? Oh, wow. they did not? Okay. No. Really? Iowa so was not a game they had to win. Okay. I don't know well, if everything else that needed to happen happened. Well, but we'll, it, we'll, somebody some, somebody find out. We'll, we'll, we'll put I, it on I screen. I am on that, but also just wanted to say credit to Colin Klein for changing his offense to fit his players. 
Like yeah. that's becoming a less and less seen thing. And we've seen him do that the past few weeks since Martinez went down because Howard does not run the same offense as he does. Absolutely. All right. Who wants to go first? Who wants to lay the the wood into the Demon Deeks? Tyler? Should be him. Do. He's a Deeks <laughs> fan. Here, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll not, solo. I'm not a fan, but how, how could solo you how, how could How could you? Eight turnovers. Sam Hartman. You're breaking my heart, man. Um, no pun intended. I didn't even mean to do that. But, yeah, this is just brutal. Um, they they – Eight turnovers in one game. We just saw it with Miami last week, which was uh, even better to watch. Um, but yeah, this was just this was bad. I, I, don't, just, I don't even it, know how to explain it. It just and they gave up thirty-five points off of those six turnovers in the third. Yeah, it's it's this not even just, not even eight turnovers in the game. It was eight turnovers, and they were all in the second half. This was a 14-13 Wake Forest lead at halftime, and it just snowballed out of control. They they. They got into a hole they couldn't respond out of with you know, all these turnovers. Yeah, I, uh, you can't win many games doing that. Yeah, it, it's just is what it is, and unfortunately, like I said, it takes Sam Hartman out of the Heisman race, which is probably the the thing that, that bothers me the most out of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, we'll be we'll be talking about this later. I already know it. Yeah, I, I think so too, Cam. I, I'll be honest, I turned this on like five minutes before I took an hour, hour and a half nap somewhere in there, and I did not see a lot of this game. Did Wake's turnover uh, problems put you to sleep or something? I was also up since 3 a.m. my time, so. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Uh, that nap felt great. Anyway, uh, I can imagine. Uh, I can imagine. Anyways, um, Wake. Did not look impressive. Credit to Louisville. They showed up when Wake didn't. And very, very big win to help them right the ship in their program because they've been very up and down this year. And this is a huge win for them. Maybe they're able to build some momentum off of it and get slightly more consistency out of, out of it after the fact. But... Also, Wake Forest looked completely lost out there. Well, I think we talked about before the season that this could be a, a potential slip-up. We had Louisville, you know, a, a little bit better right now than, than they have been. We had them, I think this would have been like they would be 7-1 and one at this point or something. And, um, you know, it's very possible that they could could have been with, you know, just Syracuse. Syracuse was a surprise the way that that game ended up. Florida State with the late touchdown pass in week two and then the Boston college game where uh, Cunningham went down and their defense just kind of imploded, you know, two of those losses were easily avoidable for Louisville. And I think this would be looking, you know, not necessarily better for Wake Forest, but it would not have been as completely shocking besides the turnovers. Of course, if Louisville didn't have two of the losses that they do. Yeah. Um, I just remembered that uh, UConn beat Boston college and yeah. by that logic, Louisville's worse than UConn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, by that by that logic, UConn just beat Wake Forest. So, yes, yeah, very likely, top ten team in the country. UConn. No, I'm just kidding. Indeed. How about 
a uh, potential fringe top 10 team in the country from the Big Ten West, Illinois, with their first 7-1 and one start since 2001, 21 years. They come back and just completely shut down Nebraska, 26-9, to and they move to 7-1 and one on the season. Are we, we thinking that Illinois is, is going to be close to the top 10 when the committee rankings come out this Tuesday? Where, where if, do if we they're, see if they're not, If they're not 11 through 14, I would be surprised. Uh, this team is definitely good enough to be there. That Unfortunately, they're, they're three points away and a fluke loss away from being 8-0. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. just the bottom line there. Um, you know, this <laughs> – there's a new team that I'm scared to play before we play Ohio State, and it's this team. Uh, this is literally the Wisconsin teams that beat our ass for five years uh, under Brett Bielema, just wearing blue and orange. Um, yeah. So I'm a little nervous about it, to be completely honest. But other than that, I mean, this is, this is a good football team. They come out and they beat Nebraska handily. I mean, it was there was really no question as to who was going to win this game. And um, – yeah, again, they're seven and one. They're they're definitely a fringe top ten team. I think they are in my top ten, if not just one spot out. And, and um, we'll go over that on Tuesday. But I mean, yeah. you know, doesn't mean that's where they're at for everybody. But they're they're close to my top ten, anyways. Um, they're very and, close and they in are, mine as well. They are. They're very close. You can just see. From Actually, Tommy they're DeVito. in mine. Okay, well, we'll we'll get to that later. Anyways, but Tommy DeVito, twenty of twenty two, one seventy nine, two touchdowns. I mean, you couldn't be more more precise than that yeah and chase brown doing everything he needed to do um 149 yards and a touchdown this kid's this kid's on on some list too definitely not a heisman list i don't think should be but i don't know if he's gonna hit a short list but um you know doak walker's still up for grabs and and he could definitely win that award this is a uh a really good football team i'm like i said i'm excited but extremely nervous for that game on uh on november 19th this is an Illinois team that has been playing very well so far. I gotta say, I think they're on upset alert though. Um, there is a game, or no? Is Purdue's next week, right? Or is that? Do they have a game? Okay, so I think they play Michigan State next week. Okay, well, not necessarily one to overlook, but should be a winnable game for sure, especially at home. Uh, but then you get Purdue and Michigan back to back. That's it's gonna be very interesting for Illinois. That. Still got a chance to go ten and two at worst, I would think. You know, maybe, you know, maybe at worst nine and three. But even then, that's still very impressive for this Illinois team. And you know, I'm not saying anything, but there there remains a scenario where an eleven and one Illinois team could play an eleven and one Michigan team or an eleven or a twelve and zero Ohio State team. And could go to the Rose Bowl. Got shades of 2007 all over again here in the Big Ten West, it seems. So, mm-hmm. moving on. Again, another game that we have to remove the uh, the, the thumbnail for, for just a moment. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, John Reese Pullman went down in this game. I turned it on and, and saw Mikey Keaton in the game. And I was like, why, in, why is he in the game? Yeah, and a simple look on ESPN under this game and and the uh, overview of the game would have would have told me that before I asked the question. Yeah, this is just a really a really solid game back and forth. Um, ben Bryant played really well, actually better than I thought he would. Yeah, the biggest issue is UCF did not get close out drives. It looked very similar to what what Michigan did 
yesterday. They weren't closing them out. They could have pulled away and, and won this game by, by 20, 30 points, to be completely honest. And they just didn't. They didn't They didn't close out possessions. And therefore, you see a four-point win that they had to go get late. They they still won. They're 6-2, and two, and, and they are now in the driver's seat in the American. Yeah, I mean, the only other team that is ahead of them right now, and, and they don't, again, they don't do the divisions. Um, the only other team that's ahead of them is Tulane. Tulane, yeah. So that's going to knock Cincinnati out of the top 25. We'll see if, if UCF surplants them, but UCF only with that one conference loss, and it's it's a little bit excusable because it was last week, and, and definitely they were caught looking ahead against a, a very decent ECU team that, that has had a little bit of some struggles, but still very talented, and, and they were able to not just upset them and, and win that game, but pretty much dominate that one. Um, but we, we were we pretty much before the season were expecting this out of UCF. Uh, to for them to beat the Cincinnati team, and this would we had this as one of, if not the only, in conference losses for the Bearcats. So, yeah. to the to the point that they're six and two and, and still have four winnable games, you know, the rest of the way, then you know they're still ahead of where we thought they'd be without uh, Desmond Ritter and all the talent that they lost in the off season. Cam, any thoughts on this game? Um. Not really. Are oh, you were snoozing again? Yeah, the I, I did not watch a lot of this game, um, but what I did see, UCF failed to close out drives, and kudos to Cincinnati for being able to hang around. Um, we've seen it time and time again. UCF is a tough place to go. The um, bounce house. Yep. Once again proves it's a tough place to go. Tyler, we're going to need your help with this one. Uh, what happened? I really I really don't know. I, I really fire, don't know. Fire, fire Marcus Satterfield. This, is, this was That's a game that was very line. winnable for South Carolina. We were talking about them potentially getting to, you know, 7-2 and two going into the swamp. And, you know, a, a bit of a toss-up there, but they just had a letdown, it seems. I guess they partied too much after beating a down Texas A&M team last week. And Missouri comes in and, and rings their bell a bit. No, no, that's not what happened at all. Um, as a matter of fact, this team just came out and they played well enough on defense to win this football game. And the offensive play calling was beyond atrocious, as a matter of fact. Um, mm. Screen passes every three to four plays. Uh, they, they refused to run the ball, and when they did, they were not u- properly utilizing Marshawn Lloyd. They were trying to get uh, Christian Bill Smith and Juju McDowell the ball. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd got hurt at one point in this game. Um, they were they were completely underutilizing the talent with Josh Van and um, and Antoine Wells, which thus you see uh, Austin Stogner as a leading receiver, which should never happen with this mm-hmm. football team. And yeah. just a complete underutilization of talent on offense. It was one of the worst, worst games I've ever seen called uh, offensively. In minus watching an Iowa football game, I mean, it, it was it, it was it was terrible. I, I have never, never seen worse play calling throughout a football game. I mean, we we're down thirteen points, uh, and you got a fourth and thirteen. 
and and you call a screen pass, a little tunnel screen to Antoine Wells, which gains you five, six yards, and then, then you got to kick it away. So um, it just I, – I, I don't know. I, I have no words for, for what I saw. It was just it was just atrocious. I mean, this is a team that they can score more than 10 points in a game. And, um, you know, they should have been able to pull away and walk away easily last week as well against Texas A&M after getting up 17-0. And they just didn't do it because they refused to call smart plays on offense. And they continue to do this little dink and dunk shit that doesn't work. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know what's going to take for it to be uh, to be figured out. But it was it was quite a pathetic display. And um, like I said, I, I really hope Marcus Satterfield does not remain the offensive coordinator after this season. Yeah, I hope that uh, I hope that uh, South Carolina enjoyed their one week stint in the top twenty five. It's going to come to an end, and I'm. I don't expect them to uh, be back in the top 25 for at least a few more weeks until, you know. If they t- win their t- next two, they'll come back because yeah. they're going to prop up the Tennessee game, but which is fine. That that and, and Georgia's resume too as well. Yeah. But well, there, there, there is definitely yeah. going to be uh, some of that. Also, speaking of Tennessee, first 8-0 no start for the Volunteers since the uh, national championship uh, days, uh, 1998. Tennessee not on upset a, alert. This was a dominating performance, flat out. Yes. I mean, they came yes. out and and did everything that that I heard wouldn't happen throughout mm-hmm. this week. You know, they. Um, I, I did. I won't lie. I really thought that Kentucky was going to be able to put a little bit more of a fight into this game, but they just couldn't. Yeah. And, and truth truth be told, I never had a doubt that Tennessee was winning this game, and I really didn't have a doubt that Tennessee was covering just because of the firepower offensively, but to see it happen the way it did what was baffling. Now, the reason I didn't think any of this, Tennessee has Kentucky's number. Whether they are good or bad, Tennessee still finds a way to kind of ruin Kentucky's season. Um, mm-hmm. Or at least keep it close. Kentucky, on the other hand, when Tennessee's good, they don't really keep it close uh, for some reason. It's a trend that I've noticed for really the last 20 years. And yeah. looking at this game, it was no Fair different. Point. Tennessee's good. Tennessee's good, and they <laughs> – they gave Kentucky everything they asked for coming into this game and, and, and walked away. And there, there's no doubt in my mind, this team as of right now, is the second best team in the country behind Georgia. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think, uh, I think you'll see that uh, as a common theme with the loudmouth crew, when we talk about our top 25 on Tuesday, but this Tennessee team, I mean, you see it right there. The, the, what we were told all week, um, and what we talked about, the key for Kentucky to keep this game close, they needed more from the rushing attack, and they needed Will Levis to, you know, be a good passer and, and attack the the one of the weaknesses that Tennessee, yeah, well, not being an idiot, but uh, to attack one of the weaknesses that Tennessee had in, in, in their secondary. 98 yards, three picks, Tennessee's secondary stepped up and, and made some eat their words about you know, being the weak spot in this Tennessee defense. This this was thoroughly dominant for, for this volunteer squad. And and gotta give credit where credit's due because they, they showed up and they're ready. They're ready to go into Sanford Stadium. And if you're Georgia, you know, Georgia should not expect to take this team lightly. They they should be ready for a dog fight. And I think it's gonna be a game that they come up for. I really don't know what to expect though. 
We'll talk more about yeah. it on Wednesday, but it's very possible. And, and we certainly wouldn't fault either committee or polls. If, if this is a one versus two matchup based on what we saw from mm-hmm. Tennessee yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I, I expect it fully to be a one versus two matchup. And we, we haven't had a regular season one versus two matchup in a number of years, to my knowledge. Uh, I can't remember the last time. Was Would it have been LSU-Alabama back in 2011? I think that was 1-3. The first yeah. matchup? Was I it? think that was 1-3. Um, if we haven't had a 1-2 one ma- one, matchup in the regular season since 2006, it would be Ohio State-Michigan. Yeah. It was either LSU-Bama or it was Ohio State-Michigan in the regular season. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but at any rate, it's possible we will see our first in Let's at least 11 years that up right now. Okay. Yeah. Our first, we'll, we'll know for Wednesday for sure. Uh, it's very possible we'll see our first one versus two matchup right. in the regular season in at least 11 years. Tennessee looked very impressive though. Yeah. Much another, another team that looked impressive and keeping it closer than expected. The Wildcats of Arizona, you know, USC's defense has, has looked better at times this year in, in some of their games, but, Arizona's offense found something that they liked and kept attacking it and was able to put up some points and keep she, this one close. 2011 USC's got the fight. was one versus two. Okay, so it was LSU-Bama in 2011. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, I couldn't remember for sure. Maybe I'm thinking back to 2019 that was one versus three. Uh, at any rate, it's no big deal. If, if we get Georgia-Tennessee one versus two, it'll be our first regular season top two matchup since 2011 USC has the, the talent has the firepower you know one of the two best receiving rooms in the country Ohio State USC are right there neck and neck in my opinion where you know Mario Williams you know Jordan Addison are not even your you know your leading receiver on a weekend week out basis they had Washington step up and, and you know have a, a fantastic game for them USC you know, goes on the road and, and survives a, a bit closer than expected game with the Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, it's, this USC team came out and, and and did everything they were supposed to do. Arizona is just a really good team, um, truth be told, and they're, and they're just better than expected. Yeah, I mean, they are they're a legit football team right now, and, and they they're working their way for at least a five win season. I think, I think they've got some easier games still on the schedule. They can, they can make their way to five wins. This is a, uh, Jaden Delora has meant the world to this team offensively and has played really good. And, um, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm excited for them. Not, not just the rest of the season, but next year, just see how they continue to improve. But USC continues to win football games. And, and once again, another Heisman contender who's not getting the love because he doesn't get the exposure. But Caleb Williams is still playing extremely good football. Caleb Williams should be on Heisman list. He's the first quarterback since Sam Darnold to throw for 400-plus yards and five touchdowns in a game. Uh, He's done five passing touchdowns back-to-back weeks now, going back to that Utah game. They had the the bye week in between. But, you know, 10 passing touchdowns, no picks in his last two games. And I'm I'm genuinely surprised that we don't hear a whole lot about him. Whoever – whatever – if, if Hooker does not look good in the Tennessee-Georgia game, I expect Caleb Williams to to take a, a step up. And it could if, – if Pac-12 is championship game is USC-Oregon, the winner of the game might also win the Heisman, Bo Nix mm-hmm. or, or Caleb Williams. It, it's, yeah. There's still a lot of 
stuff to to decide and, and still a lot of places that it could go but definitely the winner of, of that if that is the pac-12 tile game should be in new york regardless of whether they yep. win it or not absolutely shout out to youtube tv for not caring pac-12 network um anyways it, just fire pac-12 network into the sun we we need there there needs to be amazon or somebody needs to come along and, and give yeah, us a, a way to watch it without having to feel like you're boarding a pirate ship yeah all right here we go this is the uh this is the game that you could actually make an argument and maybe there's a good enough reason for it. You can make the argument. There was a little bit of trying to run up the score, but it's also a rivalry game. It's also one of the games that even the players were talking about. We don't want to, you know, show sportsmanship or what, what was that quote that McCarthy said, Tyler, I know you've got it somewhere. Don't, don't care how much we're up. Keep putting them, put, put mm-hmm. stuff on their throat. Yeah, and and truthfully, I mean, I know it's only twenty nine seven, but that's what happened. I mean, yeah, kept they the pressure were running the entire trick game plays and they couldn't, and they couldn't do anything. They had up the until end that final, the last minute of the game. Yeah, up until that final drive, they ended in an interception for Peyton Thorne. That they had negative one yards of offense the entire second half. Yeah, they could not move the football mm-hmm. against us once we came back out, and that was after a halftime quote. I know what Keon Coleman's stats say there, and and part of that comes off of a a late. Um, uh, that late drive as well. But Mel Tucker said we could not contain their receivers. We came out in the second half, and, and up until that final drive, they had four targets, one reception, negative one yards. Mm-hmm. The entirety of the second half up until that final possession. Yeah. It just they, um, they, they flat out got beat um, all around the field, and that's exactly – that's what we do. It's not, it's not even – it's not about looking – great you know it's, it's not about winning yeah. 56 to 7 even though i would have loved that to have been the case and it should have been it's just about really physically beating everybody down and that's what we've done all season long is what we did last year up until the georgia game and even in this michigan state game until they got they got some lucky momentum in the second half and, and turned it around um, yeah i mean you see what blake I mean, Warren was just, able to do 33 carries 177 yards yeah. michigan just continues to they don't need to go through the air to to win these games you don't have to look impressive if you're jj mccarthy you just have to have that as enough of a threat that they will throw the ball as opposed to trying to run it down your yeah. throat and and that's been working for them and it's still you know they're not looking bad to say the least you know they they're doing what they want to do this is who michigan has been this is who michigan is going to be it seems going forward, and it's working. Corum should be on the Heisman list. If he's not, then I don't know what what they're thinking. You know, 177 yards. He's had a couple games where he's gotten either at least one game that he went over 200, and this game he yeah. he got damn near close to it again. Yeah, he's he's been close all year. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be in New York, and that'll be the first time we've had a guy in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony for the first time in this this century yeah. uh maybe the first the first time ever honestly we've had a guy in new york back-to-back years so yeah we're, we're definitely uh looking good i'm impressed and um i, I just, I just want to see the offense open it up more like i i want to see a little bit a little bit more and i really want to see matt weiss let let jj mccarthy throw the ball i mean we just haven't seen it 15 25 for 167 and a touchdown he had a point in this game where he just didn't look good. He missed quite a few passes in a row, but then started to get back on track. Maybe they're saving he is, that he is the a, horseshoe. He is an NFL caliber quarterback, and I don't care how much you save it. They still got to beat you. 
Um, just do it. I mean, that's all that's all I care about. Just just go out there and, and throw the damn football some. Uh, obviously, you don't need to when you're doing that on the ground, but I, I'd still like to see it. We continue to run as a team for over 200 yards. J.J. was good um, at making things happen with his legs. That was something that I was really impressed with yesterday. Just a really good game, and, and now I can kind of I, – I hope I can relax a little bit before we, uh, before we play that Illinois game. Yeah, and Michigan really controlled the entire game. By this point, I was awake. Um, I made sure to have an alarm set to where I could be up for this last slate of games to at least watch a little bit of it. And Michigan looks impressive. Um, switching to J.J. McCarthy has made a huge difference offensively just because you between the – potential threat over the top you have to mind that but also he's a lot more mobile and he's unafraid of using it and like you guys were saying as a team rushing this is very impressive like it's not just Blake Corum though Corum definitely plays a huge role in it yeah Donovan Edwards is a fantastic change of pace back as well also you want to also I'm just going to say this. Stop trying to start shit in the tunnel teams. Like, come on. Never. Like, so, like I said, like I said, you're the first team in the tunnel. Um, just go to your locker room and shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. were in yeah. this game. You were yeah. in this game before you lit the fire. Um, yeah, happened, and that's been the case in all three of those. Yeah. It's happened two games in a row. Um, we were up on Ohio State. Well, I think we were up on Penn State as well. I mean, we were mm-hmm. up in all three games. They were just... It's like they're trying they're trying a little too hard to get in, in, in our heads and they're getting their own and again we come out in the second half and just and just put it on. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. I mean I'm all for it. If you want to keep doing it, go right on ahead. But uh <laughs> I mean it's just not working. So good game overall. And and Keon Coleman's great. He's he's a hell of a receiver and, and he's a guy that you're gonna, we're gonna have to watch out for for the next couple of years. Is uh, Michigan back on the road next week? Back on the road uh, in Piscataway against the Rutgers, and we get Nebraska at home. I'm not worried about that game since it's a home game. Um, and then, like I said, I'm Illinois. extremely concerned for the final two. I think we can. I think we can beat Illinois. We're at home. I'm assuming it'll probably be a night game. Illinois still still red hot. Will and they? Will, uh, will, will or would that be big noon? Because uh, is there is there isn't there something or is the Big Ten has the Big Ten done away with the no what, night games what? in November rule? Let me see here. They, they, they don't. They don't. They have nine games in November. I don't know why that was ever. I, I thought that they could only like they could only do noon or three thirty. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I've. I don't think I've ever. Maybe I've, I. Re- I, I, I remember, remember that, that was a thing a in yeah. NCAA. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, but I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I would. I would like for it to be a night game. I mean, who cares? I, it's not. It's not like it's 10 degrees. It's 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 30 degrees in in, in Ann Arbor in, in November. Yeah. Like it's fine. I don't. I don't see that being a big deal. Um, yeah. It's kind of so that there. week, Georgia Kentucky is going on. So I assume that's a CBS game. Uh, USC UCLA will be on Fox in the evening. Probably prime time. Yeah. Uh, TCU Baylor Utah Oregon. Uh, will also be a later game. Bedlam could potentially. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm, I'm uh, guessing I'm Michigan Illinois will probably, be big noon Fox. Yeah, unless they want to yeah, do Ohio State Maryland, I, I really don't know. It'll likely be us then, I guess. 
Which is fine. I mean, I'm cool with it. We'll get Big Noon two more weeks in a row. You mean Big Michigan kickoff? Yeah. America's team. America's team. All right. Let's move on to the SEC. And I I have to – I have found their quarterback. I I agree. I I have to do Mm -hmm. it just because I promised somebody I would. But poor Aggie. Ole Miss. They were down 14-0 at one point. A&M was looking like they were about to give Ole Miss a second straight loss. And then Quinshawn Judkins just exploded for over 200 rushing yards. Jackson Dart did what he needed to do through the air. Ole Miss comes from behind. They had a 31-21 lead. A&M got a touchdown late. They got a stop. They had a chance. And just for the second week in a row, it's not because Wegman doesn't have talent. But asking a freshman to lead you down the field 92 yards and in less than a minute to win you a game, it's, not what you it's, do. it's a lot to ask of a young freshman. And unfortunately, just not quite there yet with Connor Wegman. But give him time, and those will start happening the, the more experienced and, and, and more mature he gets. Ole Miss moves to 8-1 and one with 31-28 victory. And AM, I had a stat here. Let me see if I can find this while you all talk amongst yourselves about this game. Um, but Ole Miss, Ole Miss, not necessarily looking the part of a top ten team, but they they go into their bye at eight and one with you know Alabama coming to town next. Big, they they still got a chance to match up and Oxford yeah. coming out of it. I I think that um yeah the, the, they did what they needed to do but i'm more impressed with a and they finally got something figured out and connor wegman looks the part of, of a starting quarterback and i think they should just truthfully i think they should roll with him the rest of the year um he's yeah. been been better than anything else they put on the field and um it's just it's just a matter of trying to figure it out from there they got five games left sorry four games left to, to figure it out and um get to a bowl game and, and if they don't then it's it's Hope hopes that they don't lose everybody they they just recruited and uh, paid for uh, last year, and Cam, we'll see what Cam, happens. Cam Cam and I were talking, you know, on Wednesday. Even with all this stuff going on, even if they lost this game, which they did, the only game that they have remaining that's tough. I mean, that you know, not not everything is a given, but they do have a, a schedule that would allow them to still get the bowl eligibility. The only game that they could really, in theory, lose or, or, you know, and even, you know, not necessarily even that, but they could hang around even if they lose in is LSU. They've got a schedule that allows them with, with Auburn still, Florida's next week, and then they've got, uh, I think it's it's either UAB or New Mexico or, or some a group of five yeah. opponent. They've, they've got three winnable games on their schedule still. If they yeah. – if UMass, thank you. That's an easier better. victory than anything I said. But, but they yeah. still got the chance. They still got a chance. The season's not over. Might as well let Wegman see if you can, you know, salvage a uh, an appearance in the uh, what would that be? The the Birmingham Bowl. Whatever. <laughs> so, it's maybe. still Something. a bowl game, but yeah, I, I did I did find the stat, and I want you guys to kind of react to it. Uh, this loss at home to Ole Miss drops Jimbo Fisher and AM to one and six in their last seven SEC games. And even then, that one win was a doinked upright in Jerry World away from being 0 and 7 in their last seven games. You have to go back over 50 years 
to the 1970 Texas A&M Aggie squad in the old Southwest Conference days to find a, an A&M team that had a worse stretch in conference play than this team has been. One and six in their last seven. Yeah, not off to a good start this year, but... No. That big contract looks great, don't it? Yeah. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Glad you guaranteed it all. Yeah, and and same same goes for uh, Mel Tucker Michigan as well. State. Yeah. yeah. Tuck's coming. They, they come looking out the winners in that one, but once again... We got, we got money for coaching been. contracts, but not for players, right? I mean, like they, like they exactly. say, a fired college football coach is the best job in America. Mm-hmm. Fair. You get checks, for, checks for days. Very impressive yeah. there. And yeah. good to see signs of life from that Aggie offense. Speaking of signs of life from an offense, North Carolina was in a bit of a struggle with Pittsburgh for most of the first three quarters, and then Drake May said – LOL, watch this, and scored three touchdowns Lol. in the fourth quarter alone. Put the game on ice and put it away for the Tar Heels. They moved to 7-1. and one. They get a 42-24 victory over Pitt. Abanaconda, yeah, again, having a, an impressive season and, and would get more talk about potentially being, you know, up for the Doak Walker, up for, you know, a trip to New York like, Kenny Pickett did last year if it weren't for Pitt struggling so much and, and refusing to come into the modern era. He wouldn't um, be because he's struggled so bad in other games. He's had good games and he has yeah. an off week and then he's got a good game and off week. It's a, it's a back yeah. and forth seesaw yeah. effect. But but Drake um, May should be in contention for it still. Even the North Carolina fans. Drake after May is he, either going to be the last guy in New York or the first one out. No yeah. question in my mind. Uh, these kids yeah. made UNC separate. He is the reason North Carolina is seven and one. Uh, I know there yeah. were some some questions of whether Drake May was going to be the guy uh, coming into the season. Um, I think he's answered just those. Just due to due to the name and, and and being having his brother be one of the more famous uh, players in recent UNC basketball history. But I mean, he's come in and, and showed exactly why he he deserves a starting spot. And and they continue to win football games with him. He is he's legit, uh, the real deal, and and everything that, that Sam Howell wasn't. So, um, you got to look forward to seeing what he's able to do. And like I said, he's either last guy in New York or the first guy out, but he's going to be right there in the in the conversation the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And they continue to win games in ACC play. In fact, again, their only loss is an out of conference game. They lost at home to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but. 4-0, and I think they're all games that have been played in the Coastal Division because they've beaten Duke, they've beaten Miami, they've beaten Pitt, and I think they beat one of the Virginia schools. Uh, I can't remember. Let me see if I can look Taking at the schedule. Advantage they of that they beat, beat Vautek. Yeah, Vautek. Yeah. And they've got the uh, Old South rivalry or whatever the North Carolina-Virginia game is, is called. Um, but there, there's some interesting games still to go. But they should be favored against Virginia. They should be favored against Georgia Tech, and they should be favored against NC State. They're, they're yeah, the only most game likely. The question is their game against Wake. Yeah, that's and that's you know I mean we talked South about it earlier. Rivalry. Thank you. I, I knew it was I, I knew it was something like that, but I didn't. I, I was thinking I think, deep south, I, but I which is Auburn, Auburn Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, Anyways. that's deep south. Anyway, the South's oldest rivalry is next week. If they win that game, they go through the Coastal undefeated. 
uh, and have tiebreakers over everybody with, you know, with three games or actually, no, they still got Georgia tech. Uh, but do we buy or sell that this North Carolina team is still alive for a new year six, even if they lose to Clemson and lose another game, if they have three losses and Clemson goes to the playoff, do you think they go to the orange bowl or whatever ACC representative game will be this, this year? Well, if North Carolina will go to Charlotte and should Clemson win out, UNC gets that New Year's Six bid um, that the ACC misses out on. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. They will be in New Year's Six if they are the runner-up unless Clemson has a catastrophic failure and uh, we, we don't find them in the college football playoff. Yeah. But... Or unless Clemson uh, – unless this, this – <laughs> the way the season's going uh, ends up shafting Clemson out of it. All right. Last like but not last but last but not least, uh, the uh, the late night game on ESPN. Zach, it was the Zach Charbonnet show. Uh, UCLA responds after the loss last week, doing exactly what they needed to do against the trees of Stanford, thirty-eight thirteen. And even then, they Stanford scored a late touchdown in the fourth quarter that ended a. Uh, a streak of almost three straight games where they hadn't scored a touchdown. The last one they had scored before the fourth quarter last night was in the first quarter of the game against Notre Dame that they went on the road and won. But UCLA responds. They keep their hopes alive for at least you know another couple weeks. They've got they've got USC still. They get that game at home, but they've got talent to to hang with with anybody, and, and they're they're hoping they get another shot at Oregon. Yeah, um, speaking of guys that belong on, on a list of, of guys who should have an all-expense-paid trip to New York, that's Zach Charbonnet. I mean, this kid is is phenomenal every single time out on the field. And, you know, there, there, there's a reason I was sad to see him leave Michigan, but there, there's a reason I'm happy to see him at UCLA. He's getting utilized to his full potential, Yeah, and he's making the most of every single bit of it. I have no doubt that he'd be putting the same numbers up that Blake Corum is if he was still here. Yeah, but unfortunately, uh, things didn't work out, and, and the way we're recruiting running backs right now, I'm not not upset to see him go. Um, simply because I want to see him have success, and he's having every bit of it. This is a uh, a good UCLA team, and I can't wait to see what they do uh, throughout the rest of the year. And that that LA battle, top notch. Can't wait for that one. Yeah, absolutely. That's the next to last week of the regular season. I believe because the USC gets uh, Notre Dame the last week of the year, I believe uh, if I'm remembering my schedule correctly, either way, we, we still got a couple more weeks. And I think Utah, Oregon is also that week. The PAC 12 seemed to know what they were doing when they scheduled this, uh, this year. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, we do have a quick question, uh, you know, listener backtrack. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Army, yeah, Navy, Texas, OU behind. are about the only exceptions to the neutral site regular season games. And I don't, I, I consider Army, Navy to be in a class among itself because that's, mm-hmm. you know, the only game that day. The only other game that's Army, neutral Navy site. is a game that needs to rotate around. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and not only rotate around the capital area. Mm-hmm. I think it should rotate around the country at some of the biggest stadiums it has to offer. Agreed. Um, I mean, we we got yeah. Army that that, and that, that, Air Force coming to um, Arlington this week. Yes, I believe. Yes. Yeah. yeah for the Army second year Air Force is, is coming is going to Arlington. 
the, but this game, the the battle for the commander in chief trophy deserves to be played everywhere and not just in the uh, in the DC metro area. Even though I'm not mad about it, and I think it's totally fine being there. Well, it's um, it's it's not even in just in the DC metro area. They go to they go to Baltimore. They go to Philly. They've done New York. Yeah, um, they, they've done. Well, they just they didn't need to bring it. Around. I agree. Um, I agree. I think that I think to see that game played in the Georgia Dome would be cool. Um, you know, to see that game played in. I don't know. In Chicago would be would be a cool place to see It'd that be game legendary. played. Yeah. Um, at, a game a game Lambeau. like that in Dallas would be Lambeau. awesome. On the West Coast in like yeah, LA. Yeah, yeah, Rose Bowl. Yeah. The um, Rose Bowl might even sell out for Army Navy in the Rose Bowl. I'd I'd rather see it in SoFi, but I, I, mean, I agree. Already. I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see that game start to rotate a little more than it already does. But yeah, those, that's the only two games that I think are are good to have. And I also had another thought. Neutral site season openers, mm-hmm. and we can get into this because we're done with the we're done with the games for this week. Yeah, neutral site season openers should be invite only, and they cannot invite an in-state school. Agree. I like that idea. That that's then that's my proposal. Seeing, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the one example that I have. I'm tired of seeing Georgia play in the Georgia Dome. I'm tired of seeing LSU play in Baton Rouge. I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to see those games played like that. I don't want to see, um, like, should Texas get a game, which they won't, but should Texas get a game in an AT and T stadium? Like, I don't want to see that either. I want to see these games. No. Get invites from teams outside. That's why I love the Texas kickoff when we played. Uh, when we played Florida down yeah. there in Arlington Stadium, mm-hmm. uh, because that was the that was the epitome of what I think a neutral site game should be if it's not a rivalry. Agreed. And and, and, uh, and I want to see invite-only games, and you have to invite somebody out of your state. And truthfully, I would love if it was out of, outside of your region, but I'm not going to reach that far. Say Florida and, you know, UNC meet in, in, in the Georgia Dome. Do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, I just want to see want to see it look like that from here on out. And even this Dukes-Mayo Classic. Like, I don't want to see Carolina teams in the Dukes-Mayo Classic. Like, get us, get us somebody else. You know, get us a Nebraska and a and a, and a Cal or something. I mean, because yeah. you don't bring high-profile teams there. But yeah, just something. Um, the one example that I can think of that I I don't necessarily think is neutral site. Um, like when Texas played Rice a few years ago, they played at Energy Stadium or whatever uh, yeah. Houston Stadium is now. Um, you know, but that was because there's no way in hell that Rice is going to be able to have any fans show up because Texas fans are going to buy all those tickets and it'll be essentially a Texas game. It was essentially a Texas game at NRG Stadium, but they have more capacity. So I can understand yeah. for, for those kind of games. I don't consider them mm-hmm. neutral sites, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it's in Houston. Rice is located in Houston. Yeah. should have won that game. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Um I think that's that's what I would like to see going forward. And in if you want neutral site games, that's cool. Add some. I mean, let, yeah. let's let's see let's I'm see another game in Met- neutral site. Well, let's see a game in MetLife Stadium in September. I mean, yeah. let, let's let's see mm-hmm. things like that. I'm cool. Let letting that happen. I just I just don't want to see you know in state teams be invited for the so basically home games. But uh, mm-hmm. what do we got next? Best and worst of the week, right? Yeah, best and worst, and and then I mean we we don't have a graphic, but we can talk about our locks and upsets that unfortunately didn't seem to go too well um, this week. Thanks, Cam. Speak for yourself. 
Hey, speak for yourself. Yeah. No, you, you, you actually had a pretty good week. I, I actually finally ended my yeah. streak of, of the, the locks being broken for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, so actually, yeah, let me pull this, pull this. I'm ready for locks and upsets. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you should. So, Cam, I, your your public punishment is not happening yet, but yeah, Cam Bryce minus sixteen and a half. Are you kidding me, dude? You had to. You just had to pick Rice of all teams. You had to go with Rice. Sorry. Oh man. I, I thought, I old thought de, Rice. Old was Dominion on plus four of a Georgia State works well for you. That's your punishment. Yeah. Uh, you didn't get anything. Colin yeah, had but... Ohio State and Penn State under sixty one. Far maybe from maybe that. for a while there, but in the fourth quarter, yeah, that, it, that, once yeah. once it turned fourth around, quarter, it turned. Said, hold my beer. And Kentucky plus twelve and a half over Tennessee is the upset. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> that one that one worked. Yeah, that didn't uh, happen. So BJ, you did get UNC minus four over Pitt, and uh, that was it. That was out. a bit of a that was a bit of a stressor going in that fourth quarter. I didn't know if it was going to happen yeah. or not. Yeah, and Nebraska plus seven and a half over Illinois, which we saw that did not happen. Yeah, I had Florida State minus twenty four over Georgia Tech, and UConn plus seven and a half upsetting Boston College. You got them both. Both of which happened. I was, I was going out on a limb on UConn, but I had a, I had a hunch that they were going to get it done. I don't know well done, when the Tyler. last time. I don't know when the last time they beat Boston College was, um, but it, it's been a while. So get on I'll them. Look. Cool I'll for look. cool for them to get a win in that rivalry. Uh, that really isn't so much of one anymore. And then, you know, let's go ahead and get into our best and worst of the week. Well, I've got this real quick if you'd like to know. You do? Bef- yeah. yeah the know. last time that UConn had won before, actually, they had never won before. They were really, they were 0 12 and 2 before yesterday. They had never beaten Boston wow. College. Yeah. They had tied in 1908 and 1910, scoreless ties. But <laughs> Great. Every, every other time. Wow, I would have thought in the – well, no, because when UConn was good, they had – BC had Matt Ryan. They, they didn't so, – no. They didn't play – they did, They went from, you know, 1928 until 2000 before they played uh, a game against each other. And then they played in 02, 03, 04, which were all BC wins. And then they didn't play again until 2016, 2017, which were both BC wins as well. Interesting. So, okay. But yeah, so first you know, I figured win, they would have played for, more, honestly, yeah. especially when both were in the Big East. No, I don't think both were. Uh, were they not together? I thought that UConn I and I don't think they were. Hmm. I mean, other than the yeah, those couple years, yeah, yeah. That those I was about to say those those couple years, but then BC went to the ACC. Yeah, yeah. So, so. interesting. All right, best and worst of the week, boys and girls. Best of the week for me, Paul Bunyan's back home. Fuck you, Michigan State. <laughs> you you earned it. Cam, best of the week? My best of the week, I'm going to go with, actually, this might surprise a lot of people, Boise State. They've really turned around their season. They weren't looking good the first few weeks, but... They've done a great job of turning it around. Um, a lot of people, especially outside of this little group, thought once Bachmeyer announced, hey, um, when impossible, I'm going to enter the transfer portal. A lot of people thought Boise was done for the year, but they've done a great job of 
battling back and doing really, really well ever since that happened. Yeah, they absolutely have. My best of the week is a guy by the name of Will Howard looking like he should be the starter for the number 22 Kansas State, soon to be on the rise, uh, Wildcats. And in the Little Apple, he put on a show thoroughly dominating number nine Oklahoma State, 48-zip. He went 21-37 of for 296 yards and four touchdowns in the victory. You know, and we, we talked about it. You know, this is not a scheme that was built to be around him. But they were able to, you know, take advantage of of his talents and and change the scheme to fit him in in just an impressive performance. Yeah, um, it, it worked very well. Yeah, my, my sure backup did. was actually just K State as a whole because they, like everyone on that offense, did a great job of adjusting scheme to fit Howard. And Howard looked that offense looked like they didn't miss a beat at all. Yeah. So worst of the week, guys. I know somebody else is gonna take it. So you, you sure about that? I mean, if you yeah. want it, go ahead and take it. I've got a backup just in case. I know what you're wanting to do. I have it. Yeah, but you, yeah. You go ahead. Um you go first. Go ahead. Well, no, because I don't know that that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um I can go first then since all right, you guys yeah. go ahead. Debating. Um, amongst yourselves, I have BYU down as my worst of the week. So BYU does not, first of all, BYU does not look as impressive as they, as we all thought, myself included. Karma's a bitch, I guess. Um, but be just overall, BYU does not look as impressive as we all thought. But on top of that, to add insult to injury, I mean, I get it. Most Mormons are generally nice people. I'm probably one of the five exceptions to that rule. Um, but so apparently I was talking with a buddy of mine at work who's a diehard BYU fan. Like bleeds royal blue through and through. And he um, he was mentioning that he watched the game. And apparently, BYU's band would play ECU's fight song after they scored, after they won the game, all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. You don't do that. Not in any way, shape, and or form. Like, I get it. Don't be a classless fan base. But yeah, there's Michigan a difference between... But there's a difference between being a <laughs> there's a difference between being classless and going over the top. And yeah. as long as well, you're not classless, shit, they, 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 the ECU band couldn't travel. They were making them feel at home. Well, I mean, I get that, but at the same time, if you want to do that, ha- play play over the fucking intercom or something. I don't have. At least they didn't go to ECU and knock on everybody's doors and ask them if they wanted to talk. They were already (laughs) doing that. Can I tell you about the... (laughs) Do you have five minutes to talk? Do you have five minutes? No. (laughs) um, No, okay. So my words of the week, I know where I was going to go. Marcus Satterfield. Come the fuck on, dude. (laughs) <laughs> like there was no excuse for the play calling yesterday. It was terrible. Um, 
My other worst of the week is uh, scheduling a team like Robert Morris for your homecoming game. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just can't you're, believe it. You're gonna <laughs> get a you're gonna get a scowl for that one. I did. I, yeah, but I knew, like, I yeah, knew you were. I, uh, I knew you were. How do you, man? I mean, come on. <laughs> how do you sleep it? I understand. They play on I understand. They have Marshall. Yeah, they have Marshall in a couple of weeks, but it's on a Wednesday. Um, so I get it, but that that would have been that would have been the game uh or use georgia state uh last week yeah somebody else i mean you could have picked that any other game like pack 12 you want, move by the you, way. Want an, you want an easy but, victory for homecoming though right it wasn't even a good game to be completely B- honest BJ it, it, will the, understand the, this I re- the 10 minutes that we stayed for was not very good so it was yeah. it was whatever but, but yeah that's my, that's my two yeah Kind of piggybacking off of that statement, BJ will understand the extent of this. I remember there was one year in high school where um, my high school scheduled Socorro as our homecoming <laughs> game. <laughs> oh my goodness! You talk about maybe one of the worst teams to ever play for homecoming. Oh, it was not, a great be- game for us. Yeah, exactly. That's but, what I was about to say. It's not competitive, great, but it's it's great because you're going to yeah. be assured of a homecoming victory. Unfortunately, so BJ, you can go ahead and do what we were all for, wanting to do, but we held it. off. Yeah, I, I have to. I I I don't know it's why. Two weeks you, in a row that you get to do this. By I don't the know way, why you for let the same me. reason. I don't know why you let me because it shouldn't. Um, I, I, the reason why I, I, I had a backup in case, but I didn't want to do the same team twice in a row, but I'm going to end up doing the same thing twice in a row. Wake Forest, eight turnovers in one freaking half. Are you kidding me? Six in the third quarter alone? You can't win games when you're th- turning over the ball that much. Your New Year's Six hopes, your college football playoff hopes, as slim as they may have been, even your probable ACC hopes are gone now. It's just pitiful. You can't do that. It's and it's this just not what we've expected from a Sam Hartman led squad. I don't know what happened. If it looked yeah. like somebody on NCAA football 14 who's intentionally trying to tank their game and their season away. I had never seen something that bad before. At least we last week was just sloppy and incompetent because you had a backup quarterback. There's no excuse for this for Wake Forest because they seem to be mostly fully healthy. It was Sam Hartman at quarterback and not the backup. This was happening at the last of October instead of the beginning of the season when he was out. Just inexcusable. My other worst of the week, by the way, the same team. I I mentioned Miami Miami last week. Miami, neither Miami nor Virginia scored a touchdown. They went to four overtimes, and Miami wins 14-12 because – they get a two-point conversion on the dueling banjos. But neither team scored a touchdown. They both got two field goals in regulation. They both got two field goals in the first two overtimes. Just pitiful. No no Tyler Van Dyke, but Miami is in the past couple weeks has tried to look their best like the Iowa Hawkeyes. No, just, they've done it all just, season. They've done just, really good just at it pitiful. all season. Just um, pitiful. They might not make a bowl game at this point. Yeah, they I mean they they got they got they got the win, but I mean I don't think anybody's feeling confident about it. All right, players of the week. Jesus Christ, I'm going Will Howard, K State. There you go. I like it. Um, I'm gonna go a little um off the beaten path. I'm gonna go with Trenton Borgay of Arizona State. 
he I looked very might. impressive against Colorado. And I mean, it gives me a moment to give one of my teams credit positive. Is it possible to look <laughs> impressive over against Colorado? Well, unless you're Cal, well, I mean, 32 for 43 of 43 <laughs> passes, 74. 0.4% completion percentage, three touchdowns, and 435 yards. That's pretty impressive. All right. All right. My player of the week, I'm surprised that nobody uh, nobody used him. JTT, JT Tumalau, six tackles, two sacks, forced fumble and on a strip sack, recovered a different fumble, had two picks, including a pick six. Really the catalyst that sparked Ohio State's come from behind win at Penn State yesterday. I I, I know, I mean, it, it, I've, you know, got to give credit where credit's due. I may not necessarily talk mm-hmm. a lot about Ohio State. I'm not an Ohio State fan, but I don't think. We have somebody who talks about him enough. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We do. And and there's nothing wrong with that for, for him to do no. that. But no, not at all. I, you got to give credit where credit's due because I don't know without his performance yesterday, which had only been, seen like you know for the first time in like 15 years i think if i'm not mistaken i don't know they win that game if it weren't for him i really don't and so you got to give credit where credit's due jtt my player of the week for ohio state and i think that is going to do it for our week nine recap any final thoughts gents no just a, a good week and um it, it was interesting for a lot of different reasons. It, it was it was definitely good to watch. And and next week, man, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. I think we've got a, a potential kind of game of the decade already. Looking looking our way with uh, well LSU Bama might be really good too. I'm I'm actually looking forward. There, to there's a, a lot of good games. Be a good game. And then mm-hmm. and then of course Georgia Tennessee. I think that's a game everybody's looking forward to. But there's there's plenty more that you can talk about throughout. And and um, and we will. And we definitely yeah. will. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Looking forward to Wednesday. Mac returns Tuesday yep. night. Uh, Wednesday nights we get we get Mac football, so I can't wait to not yep. watch that. App State <laughs> at Coastal on Thursday night. Yeah, we're definitely. I think we're going to talk about that for sure. Um, so programming note, just because want to keep make sure if, if you tune in late Tuesday night, the college football playoff rankings first reveal for the first time this year. That'll be at six o'clock central so seven eastern and we will be reacting live to that over on twitch so you're gonna gonna go ahead and give us a follow on our twitches uh both tyler and colin i believe are, are going to be streaming over there i don't think we're going to be streaming over here that way we can actually kind of react and and uh watch the show so you're more than welcome to join us over there we might post the episode if you're listening here on spotify there's are these people fucking stupid what DAP poll dropped. Okay, let's let's there's hear a, this. There well, is a tie for second between Tennessee and Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. Like, I I don't I don't think they're stupid. I think that it just the way the math worked out. I. What fucking math? They 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 do math the same way we do. You get twenty five. Well, twenty five points it, for. I mean, give it. If it, it, it would as many, <laughs> with as many um. As many voters that they have, there's there's possibility for ties. Oh yeah, the it's not impossible, but as it yeah. stands right now, I I know I personally go go Tennessee over Ohio State at the moment. I do too. I mean, it's I do too. Close, 
but I do too. And there, there's probably still some tight. some people think that Ohio State deserves to be above uh, Tennessee, and so that's I mean you get a half and half one way or the other. And I mean you know there's some people that think that Georgia should be at two and and Ohio State should be at one, and and some that think Tennessee should be at one. And so when you do all the different numbers, and it somehow all adds up together, I don't think that it's necessarily that. You know, everybody's like, oh, we think that they're just indiscernible right now. It's just the way that the math worked out. K-State jumped all the way up to number 13, by the way. I, I kind um, of expected that. We, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll have our Illinois top 25 on, on Tuesday night. We'll we'll talk about that, and we'll mm-hmm. also show it over here on Wednesday as well. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think who else may have jumped or dropped. Il- where's Illinois um, is my question. 14. Okay, so they're right below Kansas State. Yeah, and then we get Liberty, Oregon State, and UCF are the uh, the final three. Well, I'm not surprised that Liberty or Oregon State are in. I I put UCF in my top 25 spoiler. I don't I know if too. they I don't know if they made it in. We'll, we'll find too. out together on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but that will be seven Eastern over on Twitch. Um, is it Bash Ellison uh, for for Collins twi- Twitch? I don't. I don't know. Hold All right. What's what's your Twitch at the very least that we have it? That's I C E E zero five one seven. I C E E zero five one seven is where at least one of the places you can find. We'll we'll probably tweet it out or, or something. We'll we'll have yeah. Uh, we'll have we'll have something for. Uh, so Collins is Bash Gaming. Bash yeah. Game. Okay. All but right. We'll, so either way, I'll make sure to send out a tweet that we're live. All right. Sounds like a plan at any rate. Wednesday, we'll be back with our normal show, previewing week 10. A lot of stuff to talk about in that edition of Loudmouth CFB. It'll be me. It'll be Tyler. It'll be Cam again. Lots to talk about. Lots to discuss. You won't want to miss that. Tuesday at some point, maybe. We might not be able to do a live NFL show this week, but we will have that posted before uh, Thursday. At some point, even if we if we if we don't stream it live, we might record it and post it separately, uh, same time on on both Spotify and over here on YouTube. YouTube, yeah. Uh, Loudmouth NHL, y'all still planning to do episode tonight at six Eastern? Yeah, probably from my car, yeah. but yeah. That's all right. So there's your plan. Loudmouth NHL tentatively mm-hmm. back on here tonight. And then uh, don't forget to check out Kicking Off the Week and, and everything that Colin's doing over here on Loudmouth Sports. If you are just wanting some more college football talk and want some different opinions, also follow us over on TikTok as well as our other social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Loudmouth Sports. I think Twitter may be a little bit different. Something like that. Um, sports podcast, I think. Okay. Anyway, what's our tick network? What like what's our TikToks, guys? It's Isley Ellison. Cam Loudmouth eighty eight. And I'm Loudmouth BJ. And for everyone here at Loudmouth CFB, we'll see you Tuesday night over on Twitch for the initial college football playoff rankings reveal. We'll see you then. <laughs>